DevSec Lead, um, where we talk about leadership and we talk about things that aren't really discussed in the cybersecurity industry. And I have a colleague here and a, and a friend, Johnny Crowder from Cope Notes. Hey, Johnny, how's it going? I am doing well. If we're going to record video, I might turn this guy on. Oh, I don't have a, I, I'm not recording video. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's we'll just for, it for us to just see body language. <laughs> so, okay, cool. So Cope Notes, tell me about Cope Notes and, and what Cope Notes is. Um, Cope Notes is the solution to the problem that I've had my entire life, which is that getting healthier mentally and emotionally requires a lot of consistency, and I'm not always the most consistent person, right? Mm -hmm. So if I think negative thoughts, of course I know that I should try to not think them, but sometimes negative thoughts gain a lot of momentum. Sometimes I don't feel... Um, strong enough or committed enough or powerful enough or, or I don't even feel like I have enough energy to get out of bed and actually actively work on my mental and emotional health. So Cope Notes provides daily mental health support via text message and really the goal is to help people develop healthier coping mechanisms and build healthier thought patterns over time. Yeah, so I mean when we talk about mental health, that's that's almost a it's still kind of a taboo subject, right? You know, um, we all have our own issues, and I mean, I have my own my own uh, mental health issues that I, I constantly grapple with. And in cybersecurity, you know, it's really easy to be kind of overwhelmed with a, a bunch of things, right? And sometimes it's like you're, I guess, uh, going towards burnout because we have a lot of alerts that happen. So, I mean, it could be pretty negative in in a way that we just don't know how to cope very well. I mean, from your standpoint, you're not a cybersecurity expert, but you know a lot about mental health. I mean, what are some of the what are some of the coping mechanisms that that you can see that would help others at least dispel the myth of what mental health is as well as, you know, just look at it from a different aspect. So I use this comparison a lot, and that's because I think it's really effective. But if you compare mental health to dental health, it all becomes very clear. So um, a lot of people think, well, my teeth or a lot of people think, well, my brain is really healthy, so I don't need to worry about mental health. And it's kind of like saying, well, my teeth are really white and shiny and I don't have any cavities, so I don't have to brush my teeth. I don't have to floss. I don't have to use mouthwash. Um and we know logically, like, well, that doesn't make any sense. That's the whole reason your teeth are healthy is because you take good care of them. And there's a disconnect with mental health where we think, oh, it's only the people who are living with a diagnosis who actually have to give a crap about their brain. And that's just not true. If you know, and I also even in the um, my TED talk that I gave earlier this year, I talked about how. Uh, you know, you would never hear someone ask The Rock, like, what was the one, tell us about the one push-up that got you into the shape you're in today. Like, we know that physical health takes a lot of time, a lot of commitment, and you have to really invest. We know that dental health takes, you know, you brush your teeth collectively. If you looked at your whole life, if you're brushing your teeth four or five minutes a day, times 365 days a year times 40 years you spent a lot more time brushing your teeth than you have taking care of your brain and, and i want to fix that inequity i want to help people understand that if there's a brain inside of your head then you should be learning about it and taking good care of it so with cope notes you you send messages every day just positive affirmations 
Um, and that's one way to uh, get your mind thinking, training your brain to think in that way. Um, and you know, like little doses of, I guess, positivity in your life. So if you have a job and you're really busy, you know, it's really nice to have those texts there. But what are some of the other things that you would suggest for people to de-stress or, you know, uh, positively impact their mental health? Yeah. So I want to clarify real quick for anyone listening. Um, Cope Notes does not just send positive affirmations. Um, we send exercises and psychology facts and advice and encouragement and journaling prompts. Um, and it's all reviewed by mental health professionals. So I just want to clarify it. It isn't like a, we're not going to text you smile today or be positive. You know, these are actual texts that have that are rooted in peer support and positive psychology. So I just want to clarify that. Um, and really, I almost feel like it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're doing something. So um, everyone knows something that makes them feel alive, makes them feel present, puts them in a state of flow, quote unquote, which is basically you're so locked into the task that you're doing that you're not really your your mind isn't wandering elsewhere you're not worried about you know if golf is your thing when you're playing golf you're not thinking about uh your bills you're not thinking about your taxes you're not thinking about your relationships you're thinking about golf and i know that everybody has a different thing like that for me a lot of times it's music or it's exercise um and really you just need to prioritize doing something that helps not it doesn't help you escape your problems. It helps you shift your focus because you're not going to escape. You're not going to play golf and escape your problems. It's not healthy to run away from your problems, but it is healthy for you to shift your focus onto something that is fulfilling in and of itself. And a lot of people think, you know, self-care has to look like, uh, you know, going to a therapist or self-care has to look like getting a massage. And while those things are wonderful, I also encourage you to to check in with yourself and be like, wow, for me is self-care cooking a really elaborate meal and just doing my thing in the kitchen or is self-care like doing yoga or something or is mm -hmm. self-care reading online about different types of quarters from different states and how they were minted. Like whatever your thing is, just, just commit to it and purposely try to carve out time um, to prioritize it. How about, how about we look at it from a team aspect, right? Um, one of the things that I like to focus on is having a positive working environment. And we see a lot of talk about negative work environments, toxic workplaces. Um, and, I mean, we could go back and forth in regards to the company culture. But the way I look at myself as a leader is that I've got to take care of my team, right? And fully knowing that I'm going to do my best with making sure that I'm doing my mental health exercises. What are some of the things that we can do as leaders to see or be empathetic to our, our team members and what we're going through and, uh, and what they're going through? And I, I'm also kind of relating this to what's currently going on in the world today with all the craziness with COVID and the change. And we're all, we're, we're, we are all impacted. So how do, how do we help people um, who, you know, may not be showing it physically, but, you know, you could tell that something is bothering them mentally. How do we, how do we help that 
um, initially, like the triage, and then how can we support a positive um, environment where people are constantly being challenged as well as being safe from a psychological standpoint? So I've been thinking a lot about um, how leaders can support their teams during, especially during COVID times, right? Like, because it's not just that there's something going on in your employee's life. It's that there's something going on in your employee's life and the entire world. Like no one is exempt from this. Everyone is going through this giant collective trauma. So it puts a pressure on leaders. Like how can we be a better support system? And I think a lot of people spring to things like, um, you know, at the beginning of a meeting, you know, go around the room and everyone say how you feel or something, which I get that stuff. And in some environments that works really well. Um, but I, especially virtually, that can be difficult and on Zoom. Um, so three things that I've been doing that I've seen has made a, a big difference in even the small team at Cope Notes. Um, number one, I've been trying to engage with my team on an individual level about something they care about that has nothing to do with work, even just for a minute or two. So at the top of a meeting, um, let's say I'm on a call with our CTO and I'll ask him something about, uh, so he's really into his car and he powder coated his rims. Um, and if you guys don't know what that is, basically like spray painting your rims. Um, so I asked him, about how the powder coat is holding up and the process of it. And he started geeking out and was talking about like, oh yeah, it was so cool. And I need to do another layer, you know, and just starting a conversation off with just a minute or two of light conversation. It's not scheduled. It's not like, well, now it's time to talk about the thing that you like. Just bring it up casually and remind your employee that not only do you give a crap about their life outside of work, but that it exists because during COVID we get so wrapped up with work that we forget that there's life outside of work. So that's one thing I've been doing is purposely asking my team about something I know they care about just for a minute or two to kind of breathe a little energy into the conversation. The second thing that I've been doing is I've been trying to go out of my way to um, thank my team for something that they did, even if it's something we've already discussed, you know, it's like a month or two old and I'll say, you know what? I'm so glad that you built that automated checklist so that anytime we push a change to our dashboard that I can go through, it just makes my job so much easier. It was so smart of you to think of that. And it's really helped us avoid a lot of errors and just sort of intentionally praising your team members just briefly. That took me 12 seconds to say, but what that means to an employee or to a team member is that they're valued, that it's okay for them to stick around, that it's okay for them to continue investing because they feel appreciated. And the third thing real quick is give your team some grace. They're going to miss some emails. They're going to miss some phone calls. They're going to be late for meetings. These people are homeschooling their children. These people are trying to, to weasel in a bathroom break in between making their kid lunch and Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting. Just oh, yeah. let them be late a couple times. Let them miss a deadline a couple times. You have to show them grace because they not even to be a good leader, to be a leader in general. You need to show these people grace and understand that their lives are upside down. And the fact that they're still showing up to work right now is a testament to how much they care about their jobs. So please let some stuff slide. No, this is great advice. Great advice. And 
definitely appreciate it. Um, especially, you're, you're right. Like the, it's not just your employee that is impacted. It is everybody. It is everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you that I've I've had a hard time myself um, with just dealing with. You know, my kids are home, and I've got a. I'm making lunch. My wife is home. She's got to work too, and we're we're constantly uh, we're constantly juggling. And then um, my kids are crying because they can't you know spend time with their friends, um, and mm. we're trying to constantly keep people entertained. It it's not just impacting <laughs> one person; it's impacting everybody. And yeah. I mean the uh, yeah, it's just it's just really challenging. So even just bringing it to like a vulnerability standpoint and saying. Yeah, I I understand what you're going through. I'm also going through the same thing. But as we're going through this, we're going through it together, right? And we're gonna we're just gonna get through it like we've gone through everything else, and we're gonna get we're gonna get used to the new normal. Dude, you know? I think you bring up a crucial point about vulnerability. I always say that you know a generation ago, maybe two generations ago, strength was being like a stone-faced leader, right? Like not they—they're not going to see you flinch. They're not going to see you blink. Like you find out the company goes bankrupt, and you just stand there like a fierce leader. And right now, that's not what people need in 2020. People need human interaction. People need to see that their boss is a person too. So. I think strength, it's funny, like strength went from not showing any emotion to actually showing empathy and vulnerability and authenticity and being genuine and saying, you know what, guys, I might lose some face by saying this, but last night I was up all night because my wife is sick because she's pregnant and I was taking care of her. I'm going to do my best to get with all of you guys today, but to be honest, I'm real tired and I understand how you guys must feel because this is my wife's first time being pregnant and just showing a teeny tiny little bit of humanity reminds people that they're not working for this giant corporate entity. They're working for Jeff. They're working for Lisa. They're working for Chris. They're working for people. And that's what's going to keep people engaged with their work is remembering that they're a part of a system that's made up by people. It's a community. It's not a machine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I just want to thank you for your time for coming on the show today and talking a little bit about Cope Notes and what you're doing and your your thoughts on how we can improve um, ourselves in regards to mental health, how we can improve our teams. Uh, I always ask this, the last question is, you know, what is the one thing that you would uh, tell our aspiring leaders or our leaders how they can, how can they get better? Um this, so keep in mind, I'm 28, so I'm not like a guru, you know, um, but I'll say that for anyone who's who's seeking any sort of position of influence, the best thing that I've ever done is ask other people for their opinion <laughs> and feedback. I'm not even joking. I've asked, I, I can't count how many people I've sat down with a Cope Notes brochure and a pen and paper and I go, tell me what's wrong. Tell me what you don't understand. Tell me what you think is a poor decision. Tell me what language you think I could improve. Um, what customers I might be missing out on. Like, I'm serious. Ask. I've asked the UPS guy what he thought of our logo. That's not even a joke. I've actually asked strangers what they think. And probably your best bet 
is as soon as you can divorce the idea that it's all up to you and embrace the idea that outside input, consultants or business partners or friends or family members, even people outside of the industry you're in could have really valuable input and just just not even embrace it, ask for it, invite it, because that's what's really going to help you grow is remembering that your eyes aren't the only eyes that need to sign off on it. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me.